The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the Columbia-NYU game that was played on October 21st, 1922. Now, you may be asking yourself, why did we choose this game? We'll get to that in a moment. You may be asking yourself, why aren't you telling us the score? Are you trying to keep the anticipation going? No, not really. I'm not telling you the score because I'm not real sure anybody really knows what the score was. This unusual demarcation game for Columbia. See, see, Columbia is the third oldest Division I college football program. I mean, one year after college football started in 1869, and there were these two teams from New Jersey, right? Rutgers and Princeton. The next year, 1870, Columbia became the third team to ever play football and their first team ever outside of New Jersey. And they lost their first football game ever to Rutgers. They had kind of a rough beginning. In 1878, they had an entire season when no one scored. No one. There were two scoreless ties. That's it. The following season, they played a five-game schedule. And they never scored. So that's two seasons in a row where they just went completely scoreless. So they had a, a bit of a rough beginnings. In 1915, though, this third oldest team in Division I, Columbia, posted their only undefeated season ever. And it was 5-0. and And it seemed like they were turning the tide. Now, today's podcast is about the 1922 game, shortly thereafter. But once that 1915 season ended, again, they had a couple of so-so seasons. And then in 1921, they posted a two and six record. So entering 1922, that's where we are. They're trying to turn the tide. Now, before we get to that game, before we get to that season, understand that after that, they went through this period where it seemed like they had a tough time rebounding. And then in the 1930s, Lou Little came on to coach. And after losing to Princeton, and this is a 1933, 20 to nothing, at the end of that season, and this is 1933, Lou Little gets a call saying, you're invited to the Rose Bowl. And he thought it was a joke, but it was real. They went to the Rose Bowl where they suddenly upset Stanford. And it seems like the tide had changed for Columbia. Well, in a few years, Sid Luckman came to play. But again, None of those winning seasons ever did really unfold. And it all hit a low, I suppose, in 1983, when, uh, I guess it was November 12th, 1983, Columbia loses to Cornell. And they kept losing until 1988, 44-game losing streak. See, my point is, this game in 1922 
marked a crevice in time where perhaps had this game gone differently, maybe the tide of Columbia football could have. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but it is an unusual moment, unusual enough to do a podcast on, at least in my opinion. So let's go back to the end of the 1921 season. Columbia finishes the season and they're two and six. So they begin the 1922 season and they face Ursinus. And Columbia starts out quickly. They jump out 14 to nothing in the first quarter, 20 to nothing by halftime. And they cruise to a 48 to seven win over Ursinus. Now, this is the most points they had scored since that undefeated 1915 season. So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Second game of the season, they face Amherst, a team that had defeated them, defeated Columbia the year before 9-7. But against Amherst in the second game of the season, Columbia jumps out 17 to nothing in the first quarter, utterly dominating, and rolled to a 43-6 victory. They're now 2-0. Again, maybe the tide is turning for the Lions. Game three, Columbia faces Wesleyan. And in the first quarter, Wesleyan fumbles at their own 44-yard line. Columbia recovers it. A 40-yard touchdown run makes it 7-0 Columbia. Again, this third game of the season. They're 2-0. They're facing Wesleyan. The score stays 7-0. Columbia's up. And then in the third quarter, Wesleyan tightens it to 7-6. And then in the fourth quarter, Columbia's driving. They throw an interception. Wesleyan takes over. They throw an interception. Columbia gets the ball back, and they put the game away with a field goal and win 10-6. to Now they're 3-0. And we finally get to where we need to be in the podcast, the point of the podcast. Columbia, NYU, October 21st, 1922, the point of the podcast. So on this day, Columbia enters the game an overwhelming favorite against NYU. Suddenly they're 3-0. They've been dominating. It's the best start since 1915, the lone undefeated season in their history, and it's even true up till now. 11,000 fans showed up for Columbia NYU, and Columbia was supposed to win easily. So the game starts, and in the first quarter, Columbia lines up the punt at their own 10-yard line. A player from NYU, his name is Berwick, blocks a punt. NYU covers it, recovers it, excuse me, in the end zone. And now NYU is up seven to nothing. And we're going to come back to this play in a little bit. In fact, this play is the point of the podcast. Now, what happened after that is that the score stayed seven to nothing all the way until the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, on the middle of the fourth quarter, Columbia takes over at their 19-yard line. And they drive 89 yards for a touchdown, and now the score is 7-6. to six, And they have a chance to kick the extra point. They have a chance to turn the tide. They have a chance to keep that undefeated season going. They're down 7-6. to six. And Berwick, the same gentleman who blocked the punt in the first quarter, blocks the extra point. Well... NYU takes over, and once NYU takes over, they run out the clock. And so you would think this is the end of the story. Interesting game, Jay. Why a podcast on it? I'll tell you why. After the game, the referees needed a police escort out to the stadium. 
and into the subways. They had the police escort all the way until they got into the subways. Why? Why all the controversy? Why are we doing this podcast? What's so pinnacle about it? Let's go back to that lone touchdown that NYU scored in the first quarter. Here is what happened. As we mentioned, Columbia lined up to punt. Berwick bursts through the line, blocks it. The ball sails into the stands. And the fans toss it back. The ball, they toss it back onto the field, into the end zone, where NYU lands on it. Now, the referee calls that a touchdown. But again, that ball on the block went into the stands. A fan throws it back onto the field. NYU lands on it. Well, the next day, what happened is the referee went back to the rule book and realized that he was incorrect. He had made a mistake. He said, I had made a wrong ruling in connection with the touchdown I allowed for NYU on that Columbia kick, which was blocked and went into the grandstand back of the Columbia line. And under the rule book, under 1B, this should have been declared a safety. That would have made the score 6-2, to two, not 7-6. to six. Would have made the score 6-2, to two, the final score. Columbia would have won, as opposed to NYU winning 7-6. to six. So I immediately contacted both schools. This is what the referee said. Now, when he did this back back then, again, understand there was no uh, governing NCAA. Who wins or loses the game was dependent upon the referee's judge at the end of the game, his judgment. So he contacts both schools. Columbia says, yeah, we know it was a safety. We won six to two. We know we won. That's why you had the police escort out to the subway. We were upset. The fans were upset. NYU said, now hold on. This happened in the first quarter. If that was a safety, we would have been up two to nothing. We would have played the entire game differently. And much more to the point, after that touchdown was scored to make it six to two in the fourth quarter, we got the ball back and we ran out the clock. We would never have run out the clock if we were down six to two. Well, to this day, NYU lists this game as a 7-6 victory over Columbia. Columbia lists this game as a 6-2 victory over NYU. Well, in terms of the records themselves, Columbia's record at that point was 4-0. But it shook the foundation of the whole program. And the very next game, Columbia lost, and they lost it. On a long touchdown pass, they just seemed a little bit out of sorts, and they ended up finishing the season five and four. I go back to this game, and I think about the history of Columbia, and I think if this game turned out differently, if it was a solid win, there was no controversy, what could have happened at the end of that season? And when I think of the Columbia football, one undefeated season for the third oldest program, you look back to this season where they finished five and four. At a moment in that season where they're utterly dominant, one play, one unusual referee call seemed to change it. Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode.